0: In a world where Mad Lab Theater...
1: What are you doing?
0: Making the Mad Lab ad for Cinema Wheeler-tay. Oh, here's my other one. Susan thought it was just another day, and then she met Mad Lab.
1: Why don't you just say that Mad Lab is the New Works Theater in downtown Columbus? Featuring hilarious comedies, powerful dramas, improv with FFN, the annual Young Writers Festival, and the longest-running shorts festival in central Ohio, Theater Roulette.
0: That sounds pretty awesome, especially when I do it over the Star Wars theme.
2: Star Wars is always a good choice.
3: Mad Lab, the original.
1: For more information, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or visit us at madlab.net. Episode of Cinema Wheeler Tay. It's uh, Sean, Tony, and Scott once again. Hey! Hello. And we're joined by another uh, very special guest this week. Uh, he's one of our favorite uh, performers in town and probably one of our favorite people in general. Uh, he's been in improv troupes such as Fake Bacon and Full Frontal Nudity at Mad Lab Theater. And he has a musical theater background, which is very um, crucial to the podcast today. It's Alex Layfeld, everybody. Yes. 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 (laughs) Was that an appropriate uh, intro for you? It was, yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, I don't know how true the favorite of everything is, but I Uh, am. Yeah. I'm, I'm pleased. Thank you. No. We can uh, fact check that later. Yeah. We, can yeah. fact, we can really look to
3: see if you're one of our favorites. You can research. But yeah,
0: I'd say, uh, at least in the, the, the improv world that we all kind of live in, I'm one of the more musical theater background people.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, Compared along with Scott and I. Yeah, yes, yes. We're
3: the trio <laughs> that people look to. <laughs> <laughs> it begins and ends there. But. I'm known as the
1: song and dance man <laughs> in many quarters of the community. So.
4: Well, there was that time when you did rap.
1: I did. I did rap on stage once. That is true. So yeah, Scott and I, I had a wrap wrap rap battle. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, speaking of rap, we're going into <laughs> the the precursor to rap in many ways. And actually, I think we agree is at least one of the greatest musicals ever made, if not Absolutely. the greatest musical mm-hmm. ever made, uh, Singing in the Rain from 1952. Yes. Uh, for me, I'm not naturally a musical guy, at least when I was younger, like, you know, it was hard-pressed to get me to s- go to a musical lab. Just nothing I had an interest in seeing.
4: Did you like them to watch the musical movies?
1: Not, r- not really. Like, when I was in, like, high school and maybe even into college, it wasn't something I pursued actively. Mm-hmm. It took me a while to get into the rhythms of, of, of musicals. And uh, I actually took a film class in college. It was right after the AFI released her greatest movies of all time, 100 list, in yeah. 98, and the class I took was going over different genres of film, and they would showcase an example. And for a musical, they, of course, showed Singing in the Rain. And the first time I watched it, I liked it, you know, but I also thought, oh, this is kind of a corny 50s feel good movie, you know, something that Doris Day probably would have made. It's cute. <laughs> yeah. That was my first impression. <laughs> as time went on, like, and my parents always swore by it, like, they loved the movie, saying it's one of their favorites. And obviously, it made every list as one of the greatest films ever made. And I'm like, okay, I, I get it. And then the more I saw it, the more I started loving it. To the point now, it's like in my top ten. It's easily in my top oh, wow. ten favorite movies of yeah. all time. So that's a huge trajectory from going from, okay, it was yeah. fun, to, wow, this is an amazing, great movie. And it, it's it's almost addictive at times. Like you know, It's definitely I one of those movies
4: it. that when you – it's great to watch throughout different periods of your life because then you have a newfound perspective – and even respect for it. You know, when you first watched it, you just thought it was kind of a fluffy feel good. You enjoyed it, but last night when we saw it at Kappa, there were some other things that you noticed about it. And I think that's really cool when you can do that with a movie.
1: Oh, yeah, I, I think so too. Like, uh, it, it's something that I notice something new with the film every time I yeah. see it. But that was my first impression of it. It took me maybe about 10, 15 years to really make it one of my favorite films. Yeah, yeah. I know that you have, Alex, a background in musical theater, so I'm wondering, like, what was your, your first uh, exposure to the movie? Yeah, I first?
0: mean, I, I'm sure I've seen it when I was younger on TV, and I was familiar with the songs, or, you know, the, the, the more famous songs, from obviously the title number, Singing in the Rain, mm-hmm. and, and other things like that, but I didn't really sit down and absorb the movie until I was a freshman in college. Um, my, I met my wife, my now wife, my first day at Ohio State, right? Uh, and I find out that her favorite movie is singing in the rain mm-hmm. uh, and she doesn't know that I did this, but after I found that out, I'm on YouTube looking up all the different things from singing in the rain. you are like, all right, what can I get? Let's start a conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is, you know, a couple months into our relationship. Um, so I think that's when I really got exposed to singing in the rain was watching because it's all music. So, you know, it's a great musical. So I'd watch you know, YouTube videos of, of know, Make Him Laugh and uh, Fit as a Fiddle and Sing in the Rain. And, I mean, all yeah. of them. Uh, so then I had ammunition and in conversation when I'm trying to woo this girl. Uh, yep. And then I think the first time I actually sat down and watched it was when we were at uh, her house. Uh, we were at her parents' house because I went over to, quote, unquote, watch a movie, right? <laughs> right. And she's like, we're watching Sing in the Rain. And I think it was on VHS, uh, and we, we watched the whole thing. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is, wow, this is different than I thought it was, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, watching YouTube videos of it, it's like listening to a musical now. You listen to the soundtrack, yeah. you don't really get the full exposure of it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you right. You listen to the Hamilton soundtrack. I don't know what, I know what's about Alexander yeah. Hamilton. I don't know the story arc, you know what I mean? But right. But I listen to it all. So it's kind of the same thing of, oh, here's where the songs go in order. Arranging them. This is a cool
1: musical. All right. yeah. yeah. And what's interesting about that, too, is that the songs weren't necessarily written for this musical it was a compilation of yeah. different songs that i think was uh, that were uh, properties of mgm it was like the arthur freed section arthur freed was this lyricist that became the head of this musical unit at mgm during their heyday and they had all this this back catalog of songs they had used in different movies like in the 30s and 40s they said, let's do something with these. Yeah. That was the, the, the basis of this movie. It was basically just like a, a storage space for all these songs that they wanted to put together. Yeah. I mean,
0: even in the, uh, the commercial, quote unquote, for the musical, they say like all of your favorites, you know, now in Technicolor. And, yeah. you know, they they showed clips from Fit as a Fiddle and Beautiful Girl. You know, all these songs that aren't, like, the key marquee songs. Yeah, and it's like, what? Like, <laughs> yeah. this is how you're promoting the show. Like, to us, it's like, why are you promoting Beautiful Girl, right? It's, yeah. like, it's yeah. a good song, but it means nothing to the story.
1: No. Whereas back in the day, they're like, all
0: right, let's put it all together. Pile it up. Here we go, a musical. <laughs>
1: exactly. But what came out of it was a great, because the story that they concocted, which is, like, the silent film mm-hmm. uh, kind of satire parody that they came up with was a brilliant way of putting all these together so you can have a song like good morning in the middle of the film it really doesn't have anything to do with the
3: plot but it fits beautifully with the way it's weaved in you yes. know which i think absolutely. is absolutely one of the yeah, charms the, of it yeah none of the songs have anything to do with the movie at all uh except for make them laugh because it yeah, kind of has some context to it because you're well, just trying to make a point i don't
4: know i think i disagree because i feel like singing in the rain and Good Morning make more sense in the movie with the Mm storyline than songs like Beautiful Girl and Gotta Dance, you know, those are just kind of fillers that were thrown in there to kind of distract, but Singing in the Rain, I mean, that's what he's doing in that moment in time, and it kind of ties into his relationship with Kathy, Mm -hmm. and then Good Morning, you know, they had this great idea, and now they're, they're excited and happy, and... I, I guess, think it's relevant. I guess it's yeah. Scott,
0: I, th- I think you're talking about, you know, a lot of musicals today and other famous musicals, mm-hmm. songs, like a lot of Disney musicals, songs push the story forward. Yeah. And they apply directly to the plot where good morning, it's it's like a, it's like a weird improv scene We're like we got this song we have to do, let's force it in here. Right. Oh, it's morning, we've been talking all night, yeah. let's sing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or okay, I just, uh, I mean, I agree with the, the thematics of it. of yeah. okay, I'm singing in the rain now because I'm in love. Uh, but it's not something like, I just can't wait to be king, right? That pushes the entire story of The Lion King forward, so we know exactly what the wants and needs are. Well, this is yeah. more of a reflective Well, I, I find it.
3: Well, the reason I say that is because the, the titles say based on the song Singing in the Rain. Mm-hmm. Well, outside of the title, if you look at the lyrics of the song, it has nothing to do with the overall story. Basically, the story of this is a guy trying to save his career, you know, by you know adjusting to talking motion pictures yeah. <laughs> you know by making one of this a movie that's going to be a blop, flop into a musical so that they can be successful it works though like in terms of mood and tone mm-hmm. like it,
1: mm-hmm. it does work in that specific moment because it's like the contrast with the rain when he's in this happiest moment of his life he just yeah. found uh you yeah. know this movie's going to be resurrected that he thought was going to be a major flop mm-hmm. and he's in love with you know this woman yeah. that he just met, and you know, it's just kinda like he gets in, caught up with it. Even the rain can't push his mood down exactly. any further. If you look at his yeah. through line or his wants throughout
0: the entire show, he definitely achieves one of his you know sub wants there. You know, he yeah. wants yeah. to be happy, he yeah. can't be happy because he's not with the girl that he, mm-hmm. he actually is really interested in. Now he is, okay. That want is complete. Now let's continue the want of He's gonna save
4: mm-hmm. his career. Living. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah.
1: I, I kind of consider this movie, uh, when I look at it, uh, as the, f- like, the 50s, like, the ultimate 50s, uh, like, dream. Like, our dream of what the 50s would be like, and the best of the 50s is kind of reflected in this. Even though it's a movie based in the 20s, just the mood and tone of it, of how we feel of that era, this seems to, you know, exemplify that in the best possible light, like, for entertainment purposes. Like, it's, it's fun, it's light, it's fluffy, but in the in the highest level of craft, I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah, and
0: well, it, gives music- it gives us the double dose because it gives us the twenties as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's what yeah. It's actually representing.
1: Exactly. Music,
4: well, musicals as a genre started going downhill, you know, after this movie had come out because this was released in 1952, and they still made musicals in the 50s and even in you know the early 60s. But as a predominant genre, they just sort they just sort of started like phasing out mm-hmm. yeah. at that time.
1: You know, it's interesting too when you watch Gene Kelly. Gene Kelly, to me, exemplifies a 50s performer, 40s, 50s performer. He's a good-looking guy, you know, like, mm-hmm. you, you know, just all-American, you know, and the way we kind of perceived all-American during that World War II. Yes. You know, in the 20s, I think of, like, Buster Keaton and Chaplin, and, like, this because that's the silent yes. era. So it's yes. kind of like Gene Kelly isn't really like those guys mm-hmm. as a silent Maybe Rudolph Valentino. That's probably the closest <laughs> we probably have to or, a, uh, an equivalent. Or
3: Fairbanks. Yeah. He was, he was more like a Douglas Fairbanks character. That's great. he was like the swashbuckling, mm-hmm. you know, he jumped down, did sword... F- the movies he was doing were yeah, more than the, 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 the yeah. French yeah. Renaissance yeah. movies. Yeah. That's a great comparison,
1: actually. He was a lot like... Uh, yeah, he
3: was a swashbuckling, because he had a long hair, you her And um, he was fight... Like, one of the opening scenes movies, he had the long hair, and he was doing the sword fight, and then he kissed her, and that's at the end. Yeah. And, uh... Yeah, it was pretty much, uh... They kind of make fun of that, that he was in all these similar movies. I mean, that was the beginning of it, just kind of these dumb, you know.
4: Kind of meaningless.
3: Yeah, paint by the numbers movies. movies. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the themes in the beginning is like high art versus popular entertainment, mm-hmm. you know, like that he represents the entertainment aspect. He enjoys entertaining people, where Debbie Reynolds' character is, at least in the beginning, comes off as like, you know, more. The theater is the real, you know, mm-hmm. art, and this is just fluff for the masses kind of thing. Yes. And I like that interplay between the two. That was yeah.
0: two. I, that's one of my favorite scenes of the whole show. Yeah. I'm just like, in the car. yes, yes. Yeah. You're in the car. You're like, I'm a stage performer I'm yeah. on the stage, and they that just had that banter back and forth of like creating a, a rift between film and theater, mm-hmm. where it's, it's really not extremely like that today, uh, but I was like, yeah, you protect that, yeah, you protect that, I mean, it's kind of like, I do short form, I do long form, it's like,
3: oh, do you? It's <laughs> yeah, just, it's <laughs> just a very enjoyable banter to, to watch them have... Well, she calls it a lot of dumb show, and she does all those faces. Yeah. That's cute,
2: yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, and he goes, "Oh, I don't want to offend you as a great performer, you know." Yes. Just really sardonic. Yes. people don't realize too. I like the line where she pops out of the cake when we find out she's actually mm-hmm. doing like she's a dance girl at that point, and she pops out of the cake, and he goes, "Well, if it isn't Ethel Barrymore, mm-hmm. that's a really great comedic line because Ethel Barrymore is like one of the great actresses, actresses stage yeah. actresses of that time, yeah. and it's just so cutting, you know, the way he delivers it. And that's one thing about Gene Kelly too, as a performer, like. We'll definitely get into how innovative he was in dance, but oh, yeah. he's a great comic mm-hmm. leading man for at least late comedy. He has great timing. You know, he has a great slow burn. There's so many scenes in this movie yeah. where he gets really annoyed by people, whether it's Gene Hagen or Donald O'Connor or anybody. That he has that great slow burn when he's like annoyed or irritated with people. That's yeah. that's not really discussed with him as much, like, his comic timing. Yeah,
4: and he did a lot of the writing for this movie, and he directed it, yeah, co-directed, he co-directed it. it yeah. yeah, so, I mean, I a lot of that. that is Gene Kelly. Yeah.
1: yeah. I he's forgot a, about that until I watched it the yeah. other night.
0: I was like, oh, yeah, Gene Kelly co-directed this movie. Yes, and <laughs> choreographed <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, I mean,
1: He just yeah. seems like a such a, an enormously talented guy. Like, you know, so he's behind the scenes. I mean, this movie feels almost like this is his his baby in a way. Like, I mean, Stanley Donnelly, probably did a lot with the technical aspects like mm-hmm. the montages yeah. and everything but yeah. I, I think as far as the tone and what this movie ultimately became I think a lot of that was Gene Kelly's vision for this you know
4: yeah and Gene Kelly is in many ways or you know did re- was reflective of that 1950s all American kind of man and I, I feel like he's very relatable um, and just the way that he presented himself I mean I think he's extremely good looking very talented very stylish but at the same time men could relate to him. He wasn't as... um...
0: Flamboyant? No, well, he wasn't
4: flamboyant, and also, you know, to kind of compare him to Fred Astaire, who's equally all of those things, he just had more of a down-to-earth quality about him. Fred Astaire was kind of more regal and a little bit aloof in the sense that I don't feel like every man felt like he could be like Fred Astaire. Right. He was higher on a pedestal where Gene Kelly came in, and he was stocky, and short, and athletic, and he you know was very animated and I think he was a great role model for for men
0: my wife loves Gene Kelly Mm -hmm. like number one superstar actor like love crush forever is Gene Kelly
4: yeah he's so great like
0: she had like her old car was called Gene (laughs) like literally I don't know she's just obsessed with him he's but for all the reasons
2: you said. Absolutely. And I can't get mad at yeah. him. I'm like, no. look at that's him. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's He's the perfect,
2: thing. Right? That's yeah. the thing,
4: too. I don't feel like he comes up as a threat to men. Yeah. Because other men look at him and they're like, this guy's on it.
0: Well, and like today, you see someone that's, you know, buff and tough. You look in movies or whatever. Mark Wahlberg or whatever. Just a guy that is physically built or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't like this guy, right? And then, you know, Gene Kelly starts just lightly playfully tap dancing and you yeah. can't stop smiling and be like, yeah. ah, yes. this guy's great. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
4: you're like as a yeah. guy, you're like, I wanna be his friend. Yes. <laughs> that's exactly and that, I think that's part of his charm. Well he's
3: really self deprecating, especially in this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, other people other people tell him are always telling him he's not so great, you know. You yeah. know, and he has that self doubt in this movie, you know, that he, he Mm, honestly but so.
4: he doesn't come off in this movie and in yeah. any other Gene Kelly movie I've ever seen he's so talented and he's capable of doing so many things musically dance wise but he never seems to come off as arrogant or full of himself he's always just very humble and here I am tap dancing having a great time using my environment mm-hmm. entertaining you clearly enjoying myself and I think that's part of his charm. It's just very entrancing. You watch him and you want to be either with the, by his side dancing with him or you just want to keep watching him. Because you're like, this guy is having a great time. And he, I don't know, he's just so
2: likable.
1: He is. I mean, there's an everyman quality to him, which is odd because he's an enormously talented guy. And he's, yeah. he's a good looking guy. But there is a relatability to Gene Kelly. Like, it's, I think it's his humor. He has that, like Scott says, kind of a jocular humor in a way. Yeah that time and his interplay with Donald O'Connor like this buddy buddy kind of thing which I think a lot of people can relate to Um, Mm -hmm. I think that's it and he he just kind of levels it with that kind of Mm -hmm. like Scott said self depreciation the other thing I loved what I read about him as a performer is how as gifted a dancer as he was he was aware enough to kind of downplay his dancing Mm -hmm. with lesser talented like Debbie Reynolds was an inexperienced dancer in this movie she was only 19 Mm -hmm. and he said he would work with her so that he would make her look great by kind of underplaying some of his talents to match what she was doing. And I think that's such a, Mm -hmm. uh, a, a, you know, obviously an indicator of how talented he was as a performer and how aware he was of the whole process Mm -hmm. to do that. Because if you start just... That's just
4: how kind he was, you know, as a performer. I mean, let's face it. Performers are, some people, some performers can be very egotistical. It's all about them. They want to be the shining star. So for someone who's so incredibly gifted to be aware enough and kind enough to say hey let's work together to create a final product that makes us both look great
1: mm-hmm. you
4: know we're in this together it's an ensemble
1: although he is a taskmaster, apparently and a perfectionist because i guess he worked her like a <laughs> really, that from what but i've heard as someone who yeah. does
4: dance i think it's kind of just an innate thing with being a dancer it's just very uh you're obviously you're very much in tune and aware of your body so you know, you're looking in mirrors, you're practicing the moves. It's kind of like a perfectionist thing. You want to make sure you're getting it right. It's about technique.
0: And this specifically was, like we said, his baby. So yeah, was like, We're exactly.
4: Getting this number right, yes. right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And they did, yeah. man. I mean, these these musical numbers are absolute perfection. Like I am in awe of every single number. And the in this fact movie.
4: that, um, so we saw this at Kappa last night, right. and you know how on Kappa they always give you a little paper and they put fun facts about the movies. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize this, but the night. That they shot the number singing in the rain. Gene Kelly had a 103 degree fever and improvised the majority of that dance. And did it in one take. So, what we see is what he did in one take.
1: Oh my God. I I don't even know how to react to something like
2: that.
1: (laughs) I always hate when people tell stories about the most talented person in their profession had a hundred there's always a, there's a fever always involved yes. with their greatest accomplishment it was this Michael Jordan moment right <laughs> it's yeah. it so
3: hilarious. <laughs> right yeah yeah it's like it's <laughs> because
1: <laughs> it's like I can't call off of work anymore when I have a, like a 90 degree fever because Gene Kelly did this dance and Jordan did the shot yeah but here's so. the
4: thing Gene Kelly was so passionate about what he was doing and
3: yeah, he's not going to go No, no, no. Hey. You know. okay, People so. are working to write about you what you do with a 90-degree fever. <laughs> no, nobody's going to write articles
1: about that. But then I did turn up the work with a 100-degree fever. Nobody wrote an article for well, that. Well, if you did Ultra, have a 90-degree fever, you should probably be in the hospital. Yeah, <laughs> That's you probably should. <laughs> exactly. He had 103.
4: I mean, he would <laughs> yeah. be delirious at that point. MGM Shelley
1: should have been sued for that by somebody, you know.
4: Well, they. my guess is, you know, the expensive, um, just the expensive budgets and costs that it' that are incurred with making a film, my guess is maybe they were short on time and they had to get things recorded. And
1: you think MGM could have hired an on-site doctor or something like that. But they uh, may have. They yeah, may true. have.
4: You don't know. You know. They might have.
1: Well, MGM, weren't they the biggest studio at that time? They were. Like This was the golden age. Like yeah. It's weird now when you see the MGM logo on films. They're like kind of a lesser tier studio. I think they're owned by another studio at this point. I think it might be Warner Brothers or something. Okay. Or even Fox. But at in the 30s and 40s, I think going into the 50s, they were the preeminent studio in the world,
4: and then Paramount started taking off in the fifties.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. they did because MGM, I think, was like the, the their stock and trade was the musical. Like mm-hmm. Universal had the horror films. Right. Like yeah. every studio seemed to have a specialty. Warner Brothers had gangster films. Universal had horror films. MGM had the musical, the big Technicolor musical, The Wizard of Oz. You know those kind of films and. I think Gene Kelly was assigned to MGM for a period of time during his peak years. Like, Anchors Away was an MGM yeah, film. that was and, in the 40s. Um,
4: On the Town. Yeah. yeah.
1: Brick of Dune. Yeah. Yeah, uh, those were
4: MGM. Uh,
1: yeah. And I think this is like the beginning of the end of the musical when it started yeah. fading out of popularity after like mm-hmm. the mid-50s. I think when Rock and Roll came about, it seems like that's when musicals started... Well,
4: movies also started changing, too. They, you know, more dramas started coming out, like Sunset Boulevard, things of that nature. And, it, um, you know, Casablanca had come out in the 40s. And just movies started getting a little bit uh, more dramatic yeah. in terms of the genre. So musicals just started sort of fading out.
0: Well, that's why when West Side Story came out, you know, it was it was riveting, because it's a dramatic musical yes. that I've never seen before, you know, relating to Romeo and Juliet. And that's mm-hmm. why it won the Oscar for best movie because like oh this is different this is great it's dramatic it's musical it's everything we all want it was so
4: modern too, and then the after time. that
0: they're like sorry
3: musicals <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we like this other stuff yeah yeah, yeah like My Fair Lady w- came out and then in the 60s. that was pretty much Sound of Music Sound of Music sound well they had two big ones yeah.
4: but the Sound of Music was a, was really a drama and music was oh, just yeah. kind of incorporated in there it wasn't a fluffy musical
3: well, Mary Poppins also came out after.
4: Mary Poppins was Disney yeah. though too, yeah. so Disney, Disney was kind of yeah. Yeah, 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 Disney yeah. was Disney. like in its own in yeah. its own field. But yeah,
3: um, damn right, Disney West Side Story,
4: <laughs> yeah, they can.
3: <laughs> they own all <laughs> of it. Don't you ever? Yes.
1: Thank you, Lord Don't Disney, you ever? Uh, for, forget it. Um, an interesting side note about the sound of music with Gene Kelly is I, I read a story uh, where they wanted they were going after both Stanley Donen who turned down the sound of music and they went after Gene Kelly.
4: To, to what? Direct yeah. the Sound direct of the Music? Direct the Sound of Music.
1: To direct it. And Gene Kelly showed the guy the door and says, this is a piece of shit or something like that. What? Like, he hated the Sound of Music. Uh, which shocks me, because it didn't seem like that was out of his wheelhouse that much, yeah, really. Yeah, here's
4: the thing. See, if you th- compare the Sound of Music to any and all of Gene Kelly's movies, first of all, there really wasn't much dancing in the Sound of Music. And it wasn't like an entertaining, feel-good movie. It was very... it's. For me, anyway, it's very draining to watch the sound yeah. of music. Oh, when we were younger, we'd, so, we'd have to,
0: to go to sleep, quote-unquote. Yeah. Like, we put on the sound of music <laughs> yeah, because
1: you knew draining. it would knock us out. Right, yeah. And,
4: I mean, I'm not discrediting. I, I realize it's a great piece of film, and I understand its place in our history, but... And I love Julie Andrews. I'm a huge Julie Andrews fan, but I just don't get... Uh-uh. Christopher that, Plummer doesn't like
3: it either. No. It's it.
4: very hard to watch and it's long and it's training. That draining, was Christopher
3: Plummer, right? yeah, yeah, Christopher yeah.
1: Plummer didn't, similar to when talked about Howard Hesman hated being in Head of the Class. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> that was designed for him. <laughs> those a those, similar are,
3: those thing. are two examples that people give. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, and from an
0: actor's point or a director's point of view, yeah. you know, uh, like I was related to, i relate this to like Wicked. When Wicked came out, everyone was like, woo! It's great. And me watching, it, and I'm like, okay, it's a good musical. Mm-hmm. But I also research it and look like, what, what could I be in this musical? And I'm like, <laughs> well, it's yeah. two leading ladies, like, which I respect. I could be the wizard. I can't sing as high as any of the other guys in the show, so <laughs> it's not for me. You know, plus yeah. yeah. so Eugene exactly. getting the script and being like, all right. And uh, yeah. it's, it's a female lead the entire time like alright uh, you know <laughs> and maybe I want to be more involved in the show maybe I want to right. star in the show and I don't think I would be a, a, you know the uh, you know Mr. Von Trapp or whatever I'm, I'm not a net yeah. role so I don't see a role for me in this movie yeah. right uh, so I think there might be some of that you know absolutely
4: and all the kids Yeah. sometimes people don't want to work with kids I mean, and maybe he know. hates kids
0: yeah, yeah. Who knows?
1: yeah who knows I hate kids <laughs>
4: <laughs> well he had kids right. but, but I mean that could be a challenge certainly you know working with kids Especially well, the young ones.
1: Yeah, it would be. I mean, another interesting tie with West Side Story, you know, the actress Rita Moreno. Yes. She's in Singing in the Rain. Yes. She plays Zelda. Yeah. I didn't realize that until I saw the opening card. She's hey, was in she this? in West
4: Side Story? She was, um... I can't, I don't know their name. She was, uh... She
1: sings America. I was going to uh, say, Rizzo, yes. so, but I yeah. can't
4: remember I was singing America, <laughs> too,
0: but that's not <laughs> it. The
1: funny thing is, they're doing... Not
4: Maria. Antoinita. Antoinita. Anita. She plays Anita.
0: Yeah. Because yeah. they're doing West Side Story at Columbus Children's Theater right now. So I'm like, I should know this, but uh, I don't know the name. It's Anita. <laughs> it is Anita. Because
4: uh, she, she she she's know. the fun one Yes, America. Yeah. She,
1: and, lo- she looks radically different in every movie, too, because she looks radically different in this film, in Singing the Rain, as Zelda, the end of the actress at the beginning with the older guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then and she looks different in West Side Story, and she, then she looks radically different well, in the electric company. So it's like, I can't the, get a feel for how she...
4: in West Side Story, they made her look Hispanic. Yeah, she played a of Hispanic descent, so mm-hmm. maybe she had a fake tan, or you know. I don't she know. she
1: blends in well. I'll say that. Like mm-hmm. she 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 really blends into the character really well. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the cast, like uh, one of the unsung—I wouldn't say he's unsung, but I think a really important element to this movie that's grown on me over the years, I wasn't initially a fan, is Donald O'Connor. Yeah. 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 He's amazing in this film. And he's not an actor I'm normally drawn to, because he's kind of like histrionic. I'd say Martin Short is kind of the equivalent of the kind of performer that he would be today, maybe. Except maybe a little more animated. I think
4: Donald O'Connor might be slightly more talented.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Donald Martin I was
0: offended yeah. that you said Martin Short. I'm like, no offense, Martin Short. i, I was thinking know. the same <laughs> thing. I, well, and even growing up with... But
4: I see what you mean.
1: Yeah, it's...
0: With with being in the relationship with Lauren, you know, I I, I was like I got to strive to be Gene Kelly, and then mm-hmm. there was some point in the relationship. I'm like, look, you don't have a Gene Kelly, but you have a Donald
1: O'Connor, so you're you're yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, he's amazing in this film, and like just the comic timing, time, and yeah. uh, I, he's just so quick witted. I mean, he's just all over the place. Like when he's playing the piano and just mm-hmm. moving straight from the piano, it's like it's almost like he's so far ahead. That he ha- can't even contain himself, energy-wise. Like, yes. he's always, like, ten beats ahead of everyone else. And he
3: else Blanche, Even though he has a low role, like, low... Like, in the movie, his job is low. Oh, yes. He seems to do whatever he wants anyways. Mm-hmm. Like, if he wants to jump in a pit and do the, release the symphony, he can. Well, he gets, like, ten promotions
0: throughout the movie, too. Yeah. but
3: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
4: yes. I'm going to give you a raise, hey, hey give me a, give a raise.
3: raise. There it
1: is. <laughs> he is so in sync with Kelly, too, when they're dancing Absolutely. together. Absolutely. Like, yes. One of my favorite numbers is Moses Supposes, and when I watched how well that's choreographed, I mean, that is intense, sophisticated. I'm not a dance aficionado by any means, but to me, just watching that scene and how well choreographed it is, like, first of all, the actor who's playing the the diction teacher is just being bullied constantly by them, and they're, like, moving him around, and like, that guy has to stay in beat with the other two through that whole scene, you know, and you're talking about two of the most talented dancers at that time, I'm sure, it's just amazing how well they choreograph that. And yeah, when you talk about the, the pinnacle dance
0: scenes in in, in movies or in, in history, you know, you always think of, you know, the Fred stair and the revolving room and people always mention Moses Supposes for tap because it's mm-hmm. like holy crap, look at all this stuff they're doing. Like if you're like yes. I know the tap dance to uh, Moses Supposes, I can do it. People are like, "Oh, that's awesome." Like because that's a really hard dance to do. Yeah.
1: Video. Yeah. And it's a great song too. It's just like Moses Supposes, it's just like the diction, you oh, know, like the the one that yeah. the, the, the flur, it's like the
0: equivalent
3: of the fiddle. fiddle. That yeah. one is even crazier. Yeah,
0: yes! F- I found infinity to that song the last time I watched it. I was like, this song is kind of awesome. Yeah. 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 He was like, <laughs> like,
3: <laughs> like very. But the <laughs> dance to that is like. Just how the way how
4: they're d- moving their legs and they're both in sync and they're, you know, just. But they do sell some stuff split. like he
3: takes the, takes the uh, what do you call that? The fiddle handle thing. Yeah. And Gene Kelly at one point has both of them. And Donald Connor was trying to get it back. Well, there was one game. when yeah. when uh, Donald Connor is uh, on Gene
0: Kelly's back. Yeah, and he's like walking. Yeah, and I'm like, God, your thighs are so strong because you're like <laughs> walking and sitting on his back still, and you're both playing the fiddle and, and act like it's no big deal. When you
4: know? they both do sort of that like Russian dance where they're squatting down they're four inches and their legs, the it's like yeah. talk about strong thighs.
3: Yeah. 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 Okay. And there's that other thing where they're like rotating around each other. Oh, that's amazing. The oh, rotation yeah. where they're like yeah. kicking out and they're just like rotating. I mean, I. That's looks incredible. It's like...
1: I have to note that they do an homage to Fit as a Fiddle, that sequence, in the video for Say, 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 Say the Michael Jackson, Paul McCartney video. Really? That on stage, they're dancing, and they do the exact same Fit as a Fiddle routine. Now, Michael Jackson's clearly carrying Paul McCartney through this. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it was just kind of interesting.
3: And I guess Michael Jackson worshipped Kelly, right? Like, I think he was a I'm sure he did. I can certainly see that. Yeah, he... Michael Jackson him himself has innovative dancer too I mean he's the only uh, I you know. think
4: he certainly adapted more of Kelly's style than someone like Fred Astaire
3: although he was friends with Fred Astaire he used to dance with them mm-hmm. they lived yeah. next to each other and they would dance to American Bandstand every Saturday I <laughs> read so yeah. and uh, Sinatra, uh, not Sinatra, Frank Sinatra said he was a good mover how would he know no. <laughs> well
4: Frank Sinatra worked with Gene Kelly no Catholic. no I meant
3: they Fred did, Astaire yeah. I just said Frank Sinatra, <laughs> and Frank Sinatra I love doing
1: Sinatra and Rogers would dance together constantly <laughs> in the 30s. It was great. Rogers, get on set right now. Sinter, yeah, One yeah, take. Yeah. <laughs> Don't horse around, for, you know, baby. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think Donald O'Connor, uh, like I was saying, is just an he's just an amazing like uh, like the second banana. I mean, that's really what it is. It's a quintessential second banana yes. role and does it beautifully, and I kind of wish that these two had worked more frequently together mm-hmm. outside of Singing in the Rain because their chemistry is off the charts uh, with Fiddles a Fiddle, Moses Supposes, just their banter together back and forth. You kind of wish they worked together more extensively than they did in film. Yeah. But. He
0: reminds me of uh, you know, like Dick Van Dyke. I think that's a, yeah. a good mm-hmm. comparison because they're full control of their body, yeah. but completely like, all over the place with their body at the same time, but yeah. knowing specifically what they're doing and just yes. just facial expressions and yeah. that sort of humor. Uh, which I love. <laughs>
4: Even though I guess the role that of Cosmo that Donald O'Connor had, in many ways, I mean, I realized that was sort of like a second rate role or a sidekick type of role. But I feel like in many ways he's very much equivalent to Gene Kelly in this movie. I mean, he certainly stands out at least to me. He stands out just as much as Gene Kelly, and I think his talent is on the same level um, and I don't think the film would be quite the same without him if they had somebody else I couldn't imagine who Who watching it it's like I couldn't imagine who else would do it
1: mm-hmm. no and in fact I think Kelly loved dancing he's he considered one of O'Connor one of his favorite dancers yeah. you know that he thought he was unsung like he yeah. deserved more credit than he even I mean I guess to make him laugh it's, it's a lot of people consider that like one of the greatest dance sequences in film history like if not the one and it was completely improvised. Like, yeah. I heard that he improvised yes. most of that.
3: Um, Which is crazy. It is. Yeah. How do you improvise such a I love the structured... part where he has,
4: like, the doll. Yes. When he's doing like, stuff with hey, the doll.
3: Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he does two wall flips, and then he jumps into the wall. Yeah. Right. Yeah,
0: make him up. That's my favorite song. But I great, like it's because I'm an actor, and it's like, what song can I sing from this musical? I probably can't play, you yeah. know, the Gene Kelly's role, but I can play Donald O'Connor's role, because that's
1: the actor I am. I actually thought, like, if Alex, because I thought before the podcast, like, if Alex would have played anything in Singing a Arena, it would probably be Cosmo. Be absolutely it, it, it would be uh, Cosmo. Yeah. I, of course, would be Don Lockwood. That makes sense. Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> Naturally. You would no, be actually, the studio
0: head. Yeah, she said I would have been RF, the yes. the
1: confused studio head that was completely a bully. I actually love the director in it.
0: I thought he yeah, was the Yeah, he's, he's funny. Good, funny. Yeah. Just good commentary. Just such good energy in the scenes. I mean, he's always yelling and Mm -hmm. just talk to the bush. All right, now you remember that? Great.
1: Let's go.
4: (laughs) Never. RF comes in. What's this cord doing here? This is
2: dangerous. Yeah,
1: Yeah, he's awesome in this movie. Uh, I remember after the—he's one of my favorite characters, actually. RF. RF? Yeah, the head studio head. Because after the Broadway melody sequence, when he's going through the whole this really extensive sequence, he goes. Uh, I'll need to see
3: it on film. I can't quite visualize it. It's just a great yes. gag because we just saw it. 20
2: minute
0: sequence.
3: What do you have an idea for the modern film? Well, it's about a hoofer that goes to Broadway and then it, they show you Ba-ba-pa. it. Yeah. They <laughs> show you the full thing. 13 minutes. I report, is I, I timed it the
0: other night because I'm like, ah, here comes the Broadway rhythm section. <laughs> <laughs> see how long It's 13 minutes. Great, yeah. great. And they, the odd part about that sequence is, so not odd, but they hired, they had, like, the Broadway Ballet, which was its own thing. Like, the Great American Theater, uh, or the uh, dancing, drama, whatever ballet is here. Like, the American Repertory Ballet is going to be in this movie. Like, that was a big advertising push. I bet. Mm-hmm. Like, in the mm-hmm. uh, commercial for it, or whatever, they, like, at the end, and featuring the Broadway Ballet, and they show, like, just the, the part where they run up, and they put yeah. their hands up, but... I mean, my wife grew up as a dancer as well. She danced for 18 years, and she never understood why they needed the Broadway, quote unquote, ballet to do that, because it's the simplest choreography in yeah. the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's just stick my hands up in the air, yeah. air yeah. waving them yeah. back well, and forth. Uh, they, did, da, da, da. they
4: did have the ballerina, they had a, at least one soloist ballerina dancing with Jean Kelly with the long white. Um, well, that's
0: that's Centuries. Yeah, that like, so, oh, was that Centuries? So, the so Centuries, so well? they. <laughs> Like, they made a huge deal about her being in the movie as well. Like, they just, like they obviously showed like in starring, and they did the opening sequence. was like Gene Kelly, Donald oh. O'Connor, Debbie uh, Reynolds, and then and Debbie Reynolds, and then they introduced uh, like RF, and then like and Sid Charisse. and it's like what? Why? Yeah. <laughs> but this was like her big break, and the, like she's gonna be the next thing. And she did make a. I don't think there was another movie that she had a, a part in that she signed like a seven-year contract with MGM for. But this was like her big, all right, here we go. She starred in a bunch of movies because she was in Break Dune with Gene Kelly and she was in a bunch of other films. But this was like her, her big breakout piece. But my story's been like, why Why are they pushing her so much? She doesn't do anything. Like yeah. even in the dance, like yeah, she does some, like, some nice ballet work and stuff like that. But it's not like
3: I like a the more interesting guy is the guys that are throwing the coins. <laughs> 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 I
2: mean,
3: it's like, who, what's that guy do? <laughs> yeah, that's the part you would play. Right? That guy's a guy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, no, yeah. I, would, I would play one of the heavies that come out and and sync with the music. I could do that.
1: Uh, one of the things I love about that Broadway uh, melody sequence is it, it could be very risky to do something like that in a movie like this where it could kind of derail it almost. Like, you're adding yeah. too much in. But it's weaving so seamlessly into the picture it really enriches it because you're seeing a complete story within a story so you have this great script to begin with with just the basic storyline of you know the, the the transition from from silent to to sound but um you also have this really great story that would make a great short film on its own of this you know this aspiring Hoofer in New York and it's kind of it's the most stylized section of the picture oh, too yeah. which I love Absolutely. great color great, uh, yeah. great right it's best it's use of good, technicolor. Um,
4: uh, special effects and
1: stuff oh it's it's a great use of Technicolor it's so vibrant when you watch it on the screen and Kelly is just amazing in yeah, it and so Sid Therese is amazing like going from like the flapper girl to the I stream. love the flapper
4: girl sequence yeah, yeah I like but it you can
1: lot.
3: completely cut it out and there you won't miss a beat I mean you no. can no. cut it out and yeah, say yeah
4: I think it's about 7 it's like minutes describe
3: two. it and he's like uh, your boat. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it does feel a bit long I mean when you said 13 minutes because my problem is it's just Gene Kelly without these characters that you've kind of groaned a lot, you know. Yeah. It's 13 minutes without Donald Connors. 13 minutes without Debbie Reynolds. It's 13 minutes without uh, Lena Lambert, you know. All these characters that you got really engaged with, it's, it's like Gene Kelly's going to go out and do his own little... I'll be completely honest, though. In a weird way, I don't even
1: notice that they're gone because I'm so absorbed in what's yeah, going on. Yeah, Honestly, like, nice. it, it's weird. Like, I can see the argument because it is... I guess it's going to either work for you or not. But for me, it completely works. It really enriches it because you get absorbed into this own story. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like... I'm trying to find the equivalent, but... Because I really see it done successfully. But there's always... Like... When you use a story within a story, it's, it's like either a and
3: scratchy cartoon. And yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. <laughs>
2: it's,
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's.
4: It's like a penny cartoon in Pee-wee Right. And yeah. okay.
1: Yes. Exactly. Yeah. That's 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 exactly what I'm getting at. It's uh,
0: like any of the animated shorts on Saturday Night Live. Right. Completely gay Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's yeah.
1: I'm so, like, for me, it works. Like, but I could also understand for other people. Like, okay, I enough singing and dancing let's get yeah. to some actual story again but
0: I mean like you said you know, if he quote unquote you know, dumped himself down in terms of the dancing with Debbie Reynolds and stuff like that he's like All right, I need mm-hmm. a good 10 minutes where I to can just wail oh, yeah. it is entertaining right. yeah. it is a, a great spectacle to see it's 7 minutes too long <laughs> I agree that's what I say yeah.
4: 7 minutes but too long but I guess,
0: guess R.S. Common at the end kind of
3: undercuts uh, it bring undercuts right. it it's like alright
0: okay, I can't really it. understand what you're saying but <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. self-common it's, it's meta yeah, right. like, we know this was long I can't
3: see it <laughs> one thing
1: I noticed too with that sequence like when I was watching with Gene Kelly I'm like wow he would have been a great Superman and, I, and the reason I say that number one when he's playing the Clark Kent role yeah. like the traditional he oh, yeah, got a god dance he has the glasses on he's a nerd and then he, you know, he starts. He comes into that, and I'm like, "Oh, they should have cast him as Superman back." Well, then, he becomes like Dance Man or something. Yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah. He becomes yeah. like a that super dance. <laughs> dance! Yeah, <laughs> that's how Superman should have been played. Gotta dance! <laughs> Come on, Lois. <laughs> Suit with his carnation. <laughs> right, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think it's a great sequence. Um, but the main story is is also just perfectly realized. Like this is even without the music, this would be a great.
3: Just like Carna,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's yeah. a flawless yeah. comedy it's so the banner is witty the chemistry with with everybody in the cast everybody's perfectly cast in this film I, I agree. mean there's not one false note in casting or or the script or the dialogue I mean everything is woven so successfully it's effortless yeah. mm-hmm. it's the best way to describe it it's effortless Jean Hagen, who's not a dancer, a lot of people feel she almost steals the film because she's so great in okay, it character. as yeah. yeah as Lena she's Lamont. So awesome. Yeah, she yeah. is. She's just a hateful. There, there are some <laughs>
4: times where she goes talking, I'm like, oh.
1: Yeah. I can't stand yeah. it.
4: So, I mean, most of it's funny, but when she goes on to her tangents, it's like, yes. or maybe it's, it was it's... just because it was very loud and kappa, like, in no, think of the speakers. it's, it it's like, like that
0: anyway. I mean, I watched it at home like, and just saw my TV, and it was like, oh, my God, shut Oh. Yeah, but
4: I like the part when she does the speech after they show the dancing cavalier, and she's like, "If we could bring some joy into your humdrum lives."
0: Yeah,
3: yeah it's very <laughs> it's condescending. Like,
4: very a modest, way. huh? <laughs> but it's the
3: same speech the Joker gives in Batman. <laughs> I thought the same thing.
1: I, I thought the same thing last night. We we're watching it like that's the Joker speech with the balloons. <laughs> you know, it's the same thing. You're miserable, she, poor excuse. She thing. was the only one nominated for uh, an Oscar for yeah. this movie.
0: Well, I mean, she does introduce, you know character work yeah. into major motion pictures mm-hmm. uh, which I guess I could I, I do appreciate that I mean she does have one of the best scenes in the movie when it's the, the malfunctioning of the sound and it's mm-hmm. uh, you can't see us shaking our heads right now but it's uh, yes 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 yeah.
1: no 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 that's amazing uh,
0: <laughs> I love that scene but I think this movie is, is actually quite you can there's it's so relatable I, mm-hmm. I don't want to say it's progressive, but everything, you can relate the story to today is mm-hmm. someone in any field trying to get their way, and, you know, having someone else, you know, maybe a current relationship that's bringing them down, and they actually really like this other girl, or they want to have a career, or mm-hmm. do whatever, and even with the sound thing, like, Dub Smash is an app that everyone uses now, and you, you dub yourself over other people, yeah. and it's like, you're doing self-dubbing, it's like, that's what they were doing back in the 50s. Lip
2: Sync
4: Battle is a show now. Battle is
0: huge now, yes. like... It's, it's crazy to think that something that was done you know 60 years ago is mm-hmm. super relevant today or it, it not necessarily inspires that but it's like huh they're just doing lip sync though or they're yeah, just
3: dub mm-hmm. smashing her like yeah, huh.
4: I thought that last yeah. act night action when it's I less shameful that. now though
3: yeah. now it's like people are like <laughs> yeah I, I can't sing but someone else can sing for me and I don't I don't feel any shame to that but back then they did you know yeah. you well, one of the could. great
4: things about this movie is that not only is it just timeless in and of itself but it doesn't take itself too seriously, and that's one of the charming parts about it, at least for me. You know, I love watching it because it's fun. I know it's just a feel-good, and they're not taking themselves too seriously, even though they're all incredibly talented, and the work that they're doing is great. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, I don't know, it kind of is what it is, and there, I really like that about it.
1: There's a real lack of retention. I think that's what makes it great. Yeah. I think... I always tend to enjoy films that don 't try to be anything other than what they are, mm-hmm. like they kind of let the characters and story take center center yeah. stage, and whatever thematics might develop from it that comes from just the story and the characters organically. Mm-hmm. you know sometimes I think films where they try too overtly to make a statement they tend to lose me a bit because character and story kind of suffer a little bit from that. And and this movie doesn't really have an agenda other no. than to tell make a great entertaining film. Right, but it's it's crafted on such a high level. I think that's why cinephiles mm-hmm. love it so much and why it, it ranks so highly because it's like everything is on the highest level of craft from the acting to the, to the script to the dancing. Um, mm. as a dancer too, like you both have a dancing background. Like, what is distinct about the dancing in comparison to to something that maybe came before? Like, what was the innovative? that's not something I can notice immediately. For
4: me, um, the way that Gene Kelly uses his environment, you know, um, just kind of comparing again to to Fred Astaire, who I do like, it may not seem like it on this podcast, because I'm always kind of (laughs) upstaging Gene Kelly to Fred Astaire, but going back to the Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers, and even some of the other musicals that we've seen prior, like Wizard of Oz and things, there is dancing, but it's usually on a smaller scale, and they're not using their environment as much, um this movie really takes you along for the ride and that's part of gene kelly in general he sort of was a pioneer in um not just using the environment and the things in and around him but also being able to incorporate different styles of dance you know within the song um within good morning they're doing tap moves they're doing um some ballet moves they're doing a little bit of jazz you know he's combining several different dance styles to create this really fun and at the time modern unique way um of of moving
0: well and because the whole movie takes place in the 20s they have that the modernization of all the dancing that they did in the 20s so the
2: charleston yeah so
0: they showed a lot of that in the movie but they added their 50s flair to it just to to make it contemporary to make it modern back in the day Mm though there are two dance moves that my wife and I agree are, why are these in the, the whole entire show? They're both in Good Morning, right? When they have the raincoats over their head, and they're, like, flipping the arms yeah. out. they like, this is dumb.
3: Why is this in the movie? I do notice that. I was, like, oh, I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then
0: they, like, they jump over the bar, and then they're, like, we're batting the bar. <laughs> That's a dance move. Let's jump back over. And it's, like, they're doing all this intricate ballet and dance and, like, tapping down the stairs in perfect synchronization, and then earlier they're, like, pat on the table. Look at us! Like, Okay. Come on, like, why? Like, my wife, every time, she's like, why is this in there? They could do anything else. Why do they have to tap? And I'm like, well, I Because I to
4: think that, that, that and that it was a great use of the set.
2: That's they're true. using the
4: set, they're incorporating, you know, the environment, which I think Gene Kelly was an advocate for. Mm-hmm. He really used his space, and props and things like that were, where if you watch, you know, Fred Astaire, it's just, he's just moving kind of in a circle. Like, the dancing's oh, great, nice. but he's not, it's not, fu- I don't want to say not fun, but... I guess there's a there's an energy with Gene. Here, Kelly. Here's
3: the thing: I think that for me, when I watch it, it's like when I watch Fred Astaire dance, I it's like oh, he's a really good dancer. But I was like, if I had training, I can do that. When I watch Gene Kelly, y- you know, that's how I feel. That's how you feel. even though you can't because he's so smooth. But when you watch Gene Kelly, he's like, there's no way, you know, because he's to do something, phys- you know, physically he can do things that's just like, wow, how, did he, how the heck did he do that? You it kind of makes sense. I mean, it makes sense to, like, I could listen to a song, and, like, I could probably sing that song. I can't sing it like Josh Groban sings yeah, it, but yeah. I could yeah. sing that song. But I mean, sometimes you hear it, and you're like, man. And that doesn't mean that, it, whether someone's good or bad, but I think Gene Kelly does do things that seem, you look at as like, how the heck could he, did he do that? I, mean, I think it's
0: cool that Gene Kelly, uh, though, like you said, he is, he takes himself so seriously with being a... Uh, yeah. With like technique and everything. But when I see Gene Kelly dance, I can see him uh, not taking himself too seriously. Whereas yeah, right. Fred Astaire dance, and I'm like, oh, that was a good dance, good show, son. Because right. like, yeah. it seems like he takes himself more seriously. Uh, the character he plays, Fred Astaire, the character Fred yeah. Astaire plays takes himself more seriously than the character Gene Kelly plays, which I think is what you mean by their quote-unquote more fun. No, you well, know? And the
4: energy, too. Like Gene Kelly, when you watch him dance, he is in that moment, and you can just, character or not, you can tell he's having so much fun. Mm -hmm. And he's giving it his all, and his energy level is remarkable. Whereas Fred Astaire, it's this more refined, I'm elegant, I have a lady, and here we are, and we're dancing. With Gene, it's more of, you know, I'm dancing. I'm enjoying myself. I'm letting it all out. Like, I'm giving in, you know, everything I got. And and there is a difference there in, in just the presentation. And I don't know, I just love Gene Kelly's style. Like, first of all, I think he's very fashionable, especially in this movie. I mean, a man in an ascot is a man after my own heart. (laughs) But even just the way way that he moves his body, his movement and how he uses it, how he turns, how he moves, he's just so stylish, you know. I mean,
0: I agree. I think Gene Kelly does a great job at, at showing off all the style that's in the movie, yeah, because there is a great diversity of costuming in the movie, because <laughs> it doesn't
4: necessarily keep with the twenties. There's some yeah. of it
0: that's that's what threw me off, and, and yeah. some of it that's great, like costume and fit in the fiddle. I'm like, yeah, look at that that suit. Where is yeah. it Oh, it's
3: awful. I love it. I was yeah. like, oh, <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. This is
0: this is something. But like when he's in when he starts to just be a stuntman and he's in that cowboy outfit or whatever his his collar is literally like out to his shoulders oh yeah it's the biggest yeah. to widest i am like what does his collar need to be that big but he's jean kelly and he still looks good doing it so he I does yes
4: he does he also you know if you watch if you just watch videos of him dancing and even in other movies it was sort of his thing, you know, to wear everyday man's clothes. Where Fred Astaire was always in these like really tuxes. immaculate tuxes and suits. And that's another reason why I think Gene was more relatable because he would be dancing in a pair of like khaki slacks and a sweater vest and an Oxford shirt rolled Don't up. his
0: outfit and make him laugh. I'm like, I want that in my wardrobe. <laughs> the one he wears, yeah, yeah. the yeah. sweater,
3: yeah. the sweater, this yeah. is white.
0: Great. <laughs>
4: I love that too. That that V-neck sweater. Yes. Oh yeah. it's well, all and white. even in
0: Good Morning, Good Morning, though, I'm like, yes, yeah, these are some good suits. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah donald yeah. o'connor has a really tiny vest right
1: <laughs> one of the things too like with the fashion uh that's always thrown me off of this movie because it does take place during the transition from silence to talkies mm-hmm. in, the, in the late 20s but in are aspects of that that you know you see flapper dresses and stuff you can see okay this is the 20s this is gatsby era you know yeah. but then there are um uh, elements where the way that Gene Kelly and Donald O'Connor carry themselves and the way they dress with the sweaters. It's like, these guys look like they came out straight out of a malt shop from the 50s. Like, it's, it's kind of a a, me, a melding of the 50s and the 20s almost. Like, it kind of weaves in and back and forth. Well, and,
4: the, and this is what I was saying earlier, too. I think that's a, that's in part because men's fashion during that time didn't really change too much. Whereas the... the, the um, the decade was really defined with respect to fashion, more so to women. You know, there is a distinctive difference from the way women dressed in the 20s to the way they dressed in the 50s. But men, not really. I mean, a suit is a suit, for more or less. There might be small details that had changed. Um, But even like the uh, recreation outfit, like that white sweater vest that he wears with the Oxford, men did wear things like that in the 20s, and they also still wore them in the 50s.
0: Well, you compare it to today. Yeah. I mean, I have a suit that is just, it's probably a little more trim, a little, just a few little lapels might be different. The shoulders are going to be smaller, more fit. But if you put them side by side, they look, it's a jacket. Yeah. It's some slacks. The slacks aren't as high. You know, you might have a bigger vest, not as such a, a short stout vest, but it's all pretty comparable. Well, you yeah. said, you know, like You said you look, you get Mae West in the early whatever, she's like, yes. Hey, look at my shoulder. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> exactly. And then you see, you know, whatever else in the 50s. Of all right, well, let's go to the club and, and uh, whatever,
4: when yeah, or the clubs yeah. and the, yes. the big, you know, wherever the, they went the, the back dressings. then, right? Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, I, I well, one thing I'll say is both the fashion and just the look of the movie, it, it's it's a beautiful movie to look at, I mean, just like vibrant too. technicolor. I guess I'm a sucker for that thing, but it just yeah. is such a great looking movie. And the production design is superb. Like, an example would be Don Lockwood's house mm-hmm. during this Good Morning number. Just oh, looking yeah. at that, like, that's an amazing set. Because it looks like, it's like, I want to live in that house. That's kind of what I, I, I leave yeah. thinking. It's like, that house. would be an awesome house to live in.
4: Yeah. I love um, the street that he dances on, even though I know it's just a back lot and, you know, MGM it's studio. Not. Yeah.
1: It's not.
4: It's not? It was an actual street? No, I <laughs> but I love it. He, you know, they have, like, the little mildery that he dances by and, um... I think he passes a bank, and I don't know. They make it look like it's just a little small town street, but the cobblestones and I think the cop is a real cop, though, right? Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> the cop actually respond's it. <laughs> It's um, very
4: charming. I think there's this movie has a lot of charm. Oh.
1: It, every time I, I hear this song, it's amazing. Like, like it's probably the most famous musical number in history. Whether it's your of favorite or not, I, I think most people would acknowledge it as like the yeah, best, widely yeah. seen. It's that mm-hmm.
0: hand, like somewhere over the rainbow. Yeah. Like,
1: yeah, one or the other.
4: Which is what your dad was saying last night.
1: Yeah, yeah. and it was like kind of co-opted later on by a Clockwork Orange, which was weird. When I watched that for the first time, and they're doing Singing in the Rain during the rape yes. sequence, you're like, yes. oh my god, it's so just. That's the genius of Kubrick, I guess, to kind of warp that song. And I guess Kelly had issues. Not surprisingly, oh, she did. She did. She did. yeah, uh-huh. yeah.
0: I have I not showed that movie to Lauren yet because I'm like, I know you love Singing in the Rain. This will ruin the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it will. When he's in the bathtub, you know, at the end even singing it by himself I'm like oh my god like Lauren would Lauren would have left the room an hour ago you know like during that rape scene he's like why is this song being played during this this is this is no oh. but Gene Kelly did he was very offended by it
1: yeah and I think that was Malcolm McDowell's idea like he loved the, the song and he loved Kelly and, and just thought of that for something that kind of yes. you know that's the whole purpose of that scene is to kind of that just warp you your brain like that. almost with yeah. yeah. a juxtaposition you
3: know having something yeah that, that Having somebody so happy and positive with this awful act that is yeah, exactly. happening—it's like, yeah. yeah.
0: you know it was his tribute to Gene Kelly because he admired him so much. But, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like, uh, it's hey, Jodie Foster, say. I, right, uh, I yeah, love yeah, you. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, this—you can get a creepy factor to it. But.
1: And Kubrick was a huge admirer, I think, of Stanley Donning because he used to say, "I love Stanley." I remember reading that, and maybe I think it was the, the same name. Maybe it was the link between the two. But uh, I like he was Stanley a big fan a lot
4: as a director too. Oh,
1: I think so. I, uh, I and think this? his personality comes in with the, with the montages. Like, you see the beautiful girl sequence. Yes. Prior to that, you have the blending of, like... Which
4: was a very popular thing at that time. I remember in movies, they always kind of, like, showcased <laughs> women in fashion. They yes. sort of incorporated, too, like in Funny Face, which is a musical with Audrey Hepburn and oh, Fred Astaire. And Fred Astaire. Yeah. They do that in the beginning with the Think Pink, and they kind of showcase the women. And, and uh, How to Marry a Millionaire, which is not a musical... Um, but it came out in the 50s with Marilyn Monroe and Lauren Bacall. They do another one of those showcase sort of things with women in fashion and I think that was like a trend then.
3: Was that... I always took it as satire though in this movie it when probably, they did that I, part. Think it, I don't know. The, but, like, it always seems like some sort of like they're making fun of things that like a guy that sings to girls and he's like... like I think that's hysterical myself, yeah. the beautiful girl number. That guy, beautiful girls. Yeah. The
1: cane. It, it, that guy makes me laugh. I could see somebody like I don't know the equivalent now, but just just very white, like ultra yeah. surrealistically white guy, just kind of dancing around with these For girls. For some reason,
4: I could see it would be funny to me if like Bob Saget was doing that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, Or
1: Steve Martin would do
0: that. That's why yeah, Steve, Steve Martin, Martin, would do it. Martin. Yeah, yeah. Do that. yeah I,
1: I think it's it's a great sequence. But I
0: think that whole talkie sequence is literally nightmare fuel
1: because yeah. it starts
0: yeah. off and it's the. Yeah, and it's the three girls, and then it cuts to like a neon green background. It's only legs, and the legs are dancing. And yeah, I hated that. it cuts, to like, that. Yeah, it cuts to like applause, and it cuts to yeah. other things. It just cuts, yeah. cuts,
1: cuts, and then it goes to like beautiful girl. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Just yeah. I know. Yeah, and you know, have yeah. like this is like a babes in toyland thing. Like, yeah,
2: yes, yes. yes. It's, it's so 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 very creepy. strange
1: because it's 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 over like it's over exaggerated in every aspect. You know, and
4: it's it's like it's like electric in the color. Like the colors are just so yes. vivid during that moment. It's like. Well,
0: they
1: have to time jump
3: during the yeah. piece, so that's what it serves as.
0: Here's all the stuff that we can do with talkies. And it's just like, oh, no. Yeah, no. it is
3: interesting because it makes you feel like. Because they do make mention as, like, oh, it's just kind of crude to hear someone talk. Yes. And the creepiest thing is that guy that awkwardly. It's inter- awkwardly, like Vincent Price. Yeah, he's like, eh. I can talk and yeah. words are coming don't out of my mouth it's a um, look at my teeth <laughs>
4: <laughs> I have bad gums
3: I have bad gums yeah. now I'm going to look awkwardly at the camera as it rolls a few the years. best
4: part is when he thinks he's done and he's like oh, oh. he thought you can tell he didn't realize you were
3: still recording yeah. and I like at the end of the, the studio head is like ah this is something I saw <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> he just like dismisses it after showing it.
1: To so him. it's RF Simpson. He's had a monument yeah. pictures. And his, it, picture. The actor is Millard Mitchell. So I'm a big Millard Mitchell fan, oh, apparently. Yeah, you know. But uh, I love how obsessed he is with the jazz singer. It's killing at the box office. We got to do something <laughs> yeah. about the jazz singer. I, I Just like just how like threatened he is by this. It's on his mind. I just picture him all day just talking about the jazz singer in and, the background. And they're watching. He's like,
3: get out from out there. Oh, I'm back here. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. like, like what? Man. I've never seen
0: something. Like, like, it seems so
3: dumb. Like, it's like, you are dumb people. Like, you, I mean, you imagine,
0: like, why someone... Why do you think I'm dumb so as something? Like, why are, you, why are you touching the screen of your phone for? Is it dirty? No, I'm moving around moving icons. Yeah. What do you mean you're moving icons <laughs> on your phone? It doesn't have a dial?
2: Like,
1: no. It reminds me, like, there's a... ride right at Disney World called the Carousel of Progress, where they yeah, go through yeah. Progress, and the guy goes... There's some guy who's trying to invent flight in the air. That'll never work. i <laughs> will <laughs> never get it off the ground. I keep thinking of that when they're like challenging his ideas. But he's also like a pushover for a studio head. Like he's the nicest studio head ever because oh, he res- yeah. he's so respectful to everybody. He promotes Cosmo every second. You yeah.
3: know? well, it's, it's well, well
4: deserved. Cosmo oh, is a very good idea. I do,
3: but how often do Stewart have to give people what they deserve? You know, that's like was, well, yeah. it makes me laugh because MGM's run by Louis B. May- Louis B. Mayer at that time, who, who was like is... a control freak, yeah. right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like controlling like... everything, and this guy's like the exact opposite, who has no control over anything that's happening. <laughs> Which <laughs> could have
4: also been a subtle nod or something. I don't know. You know?
3: Yeah, I yeah. love, I love the the
1: relationship. Like even though it's fantasy, it's a great fantasy. Just watching. RF interact with Cosmo and Don, especially when they're gleefully pushing uh, Lena to her
3: end. You yes. know, like, when they're pulling down the curtains. Oh, like, yeah. they're such a yeah, team. They
1: are, yeah. yeah, it's like, everybody kind of likes each other in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what, though?
3: It might be a play on Paramount, because the name of the theater is Monument, Monument Pictures. Monumental, yeah. Monument. Is it Monumental Pictures? Mm-hmm. Monumental, yeah. yeah. So it might be... They might be making fun of the yeah. Paramount. Yeah. yeah, those guys at Paramount are Paramount pussies. Comp-
4: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was a competing studio. <laughs> yeah, that's here. what I mean. Yeah, yeah. they could, could definitely
3: throw a shot out there towards them.
4: But... I mean, Paramount had stars like Audrey Hepburn.
3: Yeah. Who?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <Uh-oh>.
4: <laughs> you can get out now, Alex!
1: We've derailed the podcast <laughs> yeah. now. It's a, it's a fight.
4: Which, who at the time was very—I mean, you know—she
1: was probably on the verge, a couple she about a year verge, away yeah. from stardom. Mm-hmm. Um,
4: 1953 was Roman S- Holiday.
1: So, uh, what would everybody consider their favorite song in the movie? Your favorite number? Like, what stands out for you? I know we kind of it's discussed so it a little hard. bit. Mine would be Make
0: "Make 'Em Laugh," just because I—I personally can relate to so much. Being, you know, an improviser, being from musical theater, um, and when I when I went to college, um, you know, one of the things that actually really got my mind into becoming the characters was the movement classes that I would take. Mm-hmm. So even seeing all the movement that he does, it's like, oh man, I want to do that. Like you're, you're conveying the message so well in all of your physicalization because you're mm-hmm. not, you're just saying make them laugh, you know, yeah. you're saying other things in it and explaining it but we're not focusing on the words. You yeah. know, we're focusing on you are now walking on a plank and you're, mm-hmm. you're whatever and then you get hit in the head and you get hit in the head again yeah. and him doing the old classic like Homer Simpson running sideways on the ground in a circle yes. Yes. is phenomenal. And can I jump off of a wall? No, I can't. Have I tried when I was can in high school? Can you backflip off a wall? No, I can't do that, right? Yeah. So when he goes through the wall, I'm like, yeah, that's what I would do. Oh. Yeah. And like even, it, it, I, it, yeah, I don't know. And it, I talked to, to my wife about this, and uh, she's a speech-language pathologist now. And I was like, this is your destiny to be a speech-language pathologist like, why? Well, your favorite movie is Sing in the Rain, right? And most of the poses, it's all like speech language pathology. Yeah. Ga-ga, <laughs> ga-ga, ga-ga, ga-ga. She's like, I never made that connection. I'm like, there you go, Destiny. Hennison. Yeah. <laughs> but make laugh, she like My Fair Lady? She Well, she loves the heifer, so it <laughs> <laughs> doesn't matter. But yeah, that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Make Them Laugh is just, it's it's such a... like, like you watch TV today, and a lot of them are reformatted for online post-viewing. You know, mm-hmm. you watch... Uh, Jimmy Fallon, and he has all the games that he plays with celebrities that they know oh, they're yeah. going to post online, and everyone's going to watch the lip-sync battles from Jimmy Fallon, and now it's its own show. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how many people watch lip-sync battle, like, live on TV. I don't even know
4: what channel it's on.
0: Neither do I, but they post it online, right? Yeah. Um, I think that uh, Make Him Laugh would be one of those mm-hmm. hits online, you know? Yeah. Right. Um,
4: well, do you actually know, um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, a couple years ago, probably like seven years ago now... Um, he hosted SNL and he did uh, the opening monologue. He did a reversion of Make Him Laugh and it was fantastic. Uh, You'll have to catch it. It, it is online. I'm sure you might have yeah. to hunt for it. But um, yeah, and I really like Joseph Gordon Levitt. I, yeah. I always thought he was very talented and I I'm glad to see lives. that yeah. he's kind of coming <laughs> into his own. But he did an amazing job with that. And I remembered watching that episode live and I was so excited because I'm like, I know what he's doing. <laughs> he's doing Make Him Laugh, you know, which in a, was great because it introduced. Uh, kind of a new generation and maybe people to that movie who had never seen it but anyway you'll have to check that out
1: yeah oh absolutely yeah.
4: it's really tough for me because i really always love to make them laugh visually it's one of the best physical numbers i think um and it's certainly very entertaining i do love good morning there's just a charm to it i love the song i enjoy the the chemistry between the three of them i like seeing them all together doing the dance. I think it's um, a really fun kind of turning point in the film, you know, in the storyline and everything.
2: Yeah.
4: Um, and I do, I mean, I know it's so stereotypical, but I do love Singing in the Rain. I mean, come on. Mm. Watching Gene Kelly dance around, even though it's milk, watching him dance around in milk, I just love it. He's so talented, and I just love watching him dance. It makes me smile. Um, and again, it's a good part in the film. But I do like Moses Supposes because mm. the, the tappings... Remarkable, And it's a fun song. Um, and even though we had like a 10-minute discussion, I do like the Broadway scene. I agree that it is seven minutes too long. I would have ended it after he danced with, um, uh, what's her name, it, when she was dressed in the green as the flapper. Yes. That should have ended right there. But I like, that, I like that dance a lot. But I also do like the little ballet escapade that he has with her five minutes later.
0: So that
2: was your favorite?
4: It was my favorite. <laughs> I can't. It's so hard to pick. I mean, you that's like That's
2: end.
4: like saying, "Okay, I'm going to throw a movie at you with probably some of the best dance numbers ever and make you pick which one you like best."
1: That's tough. It's yeah. It's really I, hard. It's a tie for me actually on that note on the Broadway Melody thing. I would say that the Cherise sequence could be cut. That's one thing I agree. That should be cut. Yeah, it's too yeah, yeah. too, too it's long. Just huh. long. The the yeah. flapper scene, I like that stuff, the gangster yeah. stuff. Uh, as far as his favorite, it's a tie between Good Morning and Moses Supposes. Moses Supposes is just fun for me. Like, I just yes. think the song is fun, the energy. I love the interplay between Kelly and O'Connor. I think it's the best example of their relationship mm-hmm. in the movie is, yes. is that scene. And just funny to me, like
0: well, they're being complete assholes. Yeah, in that yeah. Scene. Oh my oh, God. they are. I'm like, I'm like, they are wrecking his office. Yeah, yes. they're they putting a lampshade yeah. on Yeah,
1: and he's taking it the whole yeah. way. He does nothing to resist it. I think they killed him actually like, at I the I end. Oh. They left him in that state when they left the yeah. room. With like, that. here's a chair, here's the curtains, here's the thing
0: on your head, and here's the. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, we're gonna cover your head for the picture. today.
1: just gleefully doing like, hey,
3: this is just everyday. we actors
1: we do goofy silly stuff uh and the other number would be good morning which i love the song i think i just love the song it's a great great, well-constructed classic pop song and i think it's the heart of the movie for me in a way because it's those three characters o'connor reynolds and kelly all connecting all on the Mm -hmm. same page it's vibrant i love the set Mm-hmm. and it's just there's a playfulness to that number that i love like just how they yeah. riff off of that melody for like it was about five minutes or so and i love day.
4: when they're jumping on the couches and going up and down the stairs you yeah. know it's just fun it's seeing the them all yeah. yes i about. love mm-hmm. i love that
1: just the intro it's just like it's 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 <laughs> classic hollywood in the best possible sense like and it's a lovely morning and they go right into the song after that's perfect. and it was an awful leaving. morning it was, like it raining
4: was. It was and terrible.
1: It. But they're optimists. What can you say?
4: Well, well song... I think she said that to be sarcastic because she's like, lovely morning. Yes. Like, oh, it's not yeah, really yeah, a yeah. lovely morning. It felt
1: like uh, felt like optimistic and sincere. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: yeah. That's the whole theme of that specific song. I mean, this is the breaking point in the movie when, you know, the morning can physically represent like a renaissance. Like, literally a new a day. New day. Yeah. We know what's happening. That's why it is a lovely morning. Like, it's mm-hmm. a, it is a good morning. We know what we're going to do. We're going to change this whole studio. And then at the end, they're all... Gleefully, uh, stupidly laughing—really fake laughing. Really Gene <laughs> yeah.
2: Kelly's <laughs> <he's> laugh <laughs> is awful.
4: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> ha
0: ha ha, guys. <laughs> but then they <laughs> had the realization of, oh no, Lena.
3: Uh, <laughs> we have to deal with that. Yeah,
4: ma, ma, ma. she's the deadly downer.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, my favorite is uh, the fit is a fiddle. Yes, yeah, really? that's just a—that's <laughs> so Scott Yeah, that that's so Scott <laughs> I, I think what makes it greater is. That it is By any measure, it's a spectacular performance. But then everybody boos him at the end of it. I think that's just that's kind of. Fun.
4: I know it's. A, yeah. like those,
3: I don't know what those guys would want. Like, man, I, saw, I thought they were just gonna play. They're shelling and... out that crap in front of us. <laughs> right. Show some ladies. Right? Where's yeah. the guy singing the where ten are... girls? I want to see a fashion where... show. Where are the toots. Yeah. Put some blackface on. And, yeah. Uh...
0: Well, they oh, knew, oh, there was a joke uh, where they someone called someone else Al Jolson. I'm
1: like,
3: uh, Al Jolson, yeah. funny.
0: It yeah. may
1: have been something else. A lot of Jolson references in this movie across the board. You yeah, it's like we gotta get
3: those Jolson references in. It's yeah. a twenties <laughs> movie. <We> can... <laughs> but another thing that like you know you don't realize
0: today is you know tap dancing so prevalent in, in all, like all the movies back in the day. You know a yeah. ton of the movies back in the day. Like what what relates to that today is what I was trying to think of. I'm like, what's it, probably like, sex? Sex on stage in, in movies. movies. Well I'm trying to think of something that like is like wow that's yeah. cool, I wanna do that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And like and you know I was funny. Trying to, compare it to something. I'm like, I don't and, like beatboxing maybe, but that's not in movies. That's and I'm not like, well they really do like do a, a do fun lot of thing dancing. Anymore. You know what I mean? I don't know.
3: In the eighties there was a lot of skateboarding and <laughs> 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 early no, 90s And I know
4: what you mean. It's yeah. and that's the sad thing too about tap dancing is I mean, you can go to a dance studio and take some tap dancing classes, but in many ways, like sadly it's it's somewhat of a lost art form and that really makes me sad because when I watch musicals like this one and when I watch people like Vera Allen who I think is an amazing dancer she uh, was in White Christmas for anyone but um, it's like it makes me sad because it's like that a a platform to showcase that kind of talent really isn't there anymore Mm -mm. it's just not and and I took some tap dancing classes recently because I really wanted to learn how to tap yeah and, I mean, I had a great time, and I was happy that, you know, I was doing it, but it wasn't like, in my mind, I wanted to dance. I want to learn to tap dance like Gene Kelly and use my environment and run around and yeah. incorporate ballet, and it was it was just a totally different, we danced to, like, Beyonce. Uh-huh. It was just a different experience, um, and even that kind of saddened me a little bit, because I'm like, I want to dance to Singing in the That's Rain. That's the one
2: you know, art
0: form that I'm like, if I could perfect yeah. any specific art form, it would be tap dancing. And then someone called me out, like if you could perfect any art, it would be improv because that's what you're trying to do, you idiot. But like if I could learn one, it'd be tap dancing. Like yeah. if I could tap dance like like Gene Kelly, I'd be like yes, I I would do it all the time. I would, Same here. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I I just, just, just... It looks like you seven so. Much. I think it's so cool. I don't know. It's just like, I do too. Like, that is so cool that you're doing that or whatever. <laughs> but I don't think it's. I don't think tap dancing's a lost art. The Shuffle Along on Broadway it was uh, choreographed by Savion Glover, who brought it back when he did Bring In The Noise, Bring In The Funk in the early oh, 2000s, okay. and it just won the Drama Desk Award for Best Musical. Okay. Granted, Hamilton wasn't nominated because it was nominated last year.
4: But I guess what I mean is there's <laughs> not really, unless you go to Broadway and there's just a specific yes. play that is dedicated to having tap, it's really not um, available anymore. Oh,
1: you're- and that
4: makes me sad.
1: I think the last time I saw a Tap on film that I can remember was when Richard Gere tap danced in, in Chicago. Chicago during the yeah. uh like the interrogation sequence mm-hmm. at the end where he's just like like where he's manipulating everybody in the courtroom and they would oh, just yeah, cut yeah. back to him tap dancing. Yeah. Which is odd. I never thought I would like <laughs> no Richard Gere's not the first actor yeah. you think of with tap dance, you know, but Richard he did really a great job. It back, um,
4: Alex Layfield, I think we should tap together.
1: Let's do it. So, what <laughs> are your? She's on board too. Tap shoes. She should. So, what's your overall impression of the movie, guys? Like, does it hold up for you? Like, at this point, or I think it does. Because, like I said, there's so many different things you can relate yeah. to. Like. Even
0: having uh, when Debbie jumps out of the cake or whatever, like they have dancers at a party. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like my friend lives in California and she's a synchronized swimmer and that's what she does. Like they go to Hollywood parties and they still do that today. It's just synchronized swimming. It's not, you know, synchronized dancing or whatever. So I think you can correlate a lot of today's modern hip things and and even uh, uh, theories. What's theories? That's not the word I want. I don't know. Uh, Themes. That's the word. Different themes from today that you can adapt directly into this film. You could probably redo this film today, yeah, you could. and you could make it about the '50s. You can make it about you can make it about the '80s for some reason, yeah. whatever it might be. Um, I think it's a great formula. Um, I think it, it everyone can adapt to it. Uh, girls admire to be to be Debbie Reynolds, or some might admire to be you know Lena, and, and guys would admire to be Gene Kelly or Donald O'Connor. It's so it's like you said, it's the the snapshot of 1950s Hollywood, the dream that we all picture, mm-hmm. and I think definitely still remains prevalent to today. Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. It's so entertaining. Mm-hmm. I mean, really and truly, if you don't like this movie, or if you did not have a good time watching it, with the exception of the Broadway sequence, there might be something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I just think it's so entertaining, and it's fun, and it's relevant, um, I love every aspect of it. The dancing, the acting, the singing, the fashion, the cinematography. I think it's just fantastic. Do you I mean, mean I agree with everything you said.
0: In the, in the song uh, You Were Meant for Me, when they're in the studio together, yes. I'm like, man, his game is he so is on it. point. Very... <laughs> like, One sec, yes. let me show you this. Oh, it's just a movie stage. <laughs> right. Let's get some lights on, <laughs> you fan. Boom, 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 this. Now I'm going to gonna you. sing this. I'm going to sing. Oh my like, dang, so, Jesus. Doesn't me. he yeah. say, like, 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 I'm an actor? Off. He's
4: wearing that amazing white outfit. Yes.
3: Yes. Well, he has a, like a tiny, short-ass vest, but hey, whatever.
4: I like the vest. I like the high pants. What can that's I say?
3: Like, that's like game on like a cooking show, and it's like, I can make that if I have everything cut up for me, and I just pour, dump it into a bowl. <laughs> and yeah, so he, he just says. has, oh, I can put moonlight, I have, you know, breeze, and eat. I think there's a line preceding the, the scene where he's like, I'm an actor and I have to
1: express it in the fullest extent or something like, I know it's Hammy, but I gotta do it. Yeah, you gotta be on the right
0: stage.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah, he said something like that. We have to be in the right place or whatever. Yeah. Yeah.
3: It'll be funny at the end and she's like, I still don't understand what you said. <laughs> <laughs> what were you trying to, what point were you trying <laughs> to? Yes, exactly.
4: What? So what, what is it you wanted to say? That was all nice,
3: but you know, what exactly do you need to say? Your source fours were let out of focus, but it, I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? But, uh, Oh, yeah, I love the movie. <laughs> <what you're> <laughs> I'm not a, I'm not a big, I mean, I like musicals. Sometimes I get, um, like, it's like anything. If it's well done, you know, you're, you're going to like it. Um, but I don't, you know, I didn't even like music early on in my life. I,
4: you liked My Fair Lady. Oh, Musical. yeah, I like
3: that. I mean, I like a well done movie if it has, like, good characters and it's got a good story and, um, it's funny, I, I like this one, because it's, uh, just the way they did it, is. I think the dancing, as well, it heightens everything, you know, mm-hmm. it's not just like, uh, um, sometimes I can zone out in ballads, I don't get as interested in ballads and musicals, I think, you know, a couple I've been to, I just kind of zone out, because it's like, I'm not good at hearing lyrics, so a lot of musicals, um, I think... Are hard for me because I don't. I always listen to music and I don't hear the lyrics, so wow. I can get lost if it's a musical that has a lot of expository language in the in the song. Um, but since this one, the songs are just there. Yeah. you know, it's like we're gonna do a dance number, and it's like okay, that's fun. I don't have to, you know. There's no pertinent information I need to glean from whatever's going on here. Well, like you need, Moses to know. <laughs> we need to
4: know that it's a good morning.
3: Exactly. It it's a good morning.
1: <laughs> and what a lovely morning. Rolling <laughs> so like my eyes, so there I'm sarcastic. So that
3: was his house that they did a good yeah. morning?
2: Yeah,
4: that was Gene house. So he walked her, her
3: to her
2: house.
4: Yes. Yeah. Remember, he walked her. And then yeah, he walked,
1: walked home. Right.
3: So logistically, yeah. that's how it
1: goes. The mortgage on that house yeah. has got to be... <laughs> I bet it
3: probably in isn't even a mortgage. In West Hollywood, yeah. He's got to put it up for auction. He does. Yeah, he makes that point. I was like, oh
1: they're, oh, ra- they're nice.
3: in Hollywood too so it's very nice which furniture is yeah. yeah
1: I love this movie like I I started off with the podcast saying it was kind of a journey with this film where you know in college I, I liked it my parents always emphasized it was one of their favorite movies and you know my dad said it, it's like okay I really have to check this out because my dad's not a guy that's just gonna you know get into something like that but um uh, as I started watching it more and more and more, just gradually over the years, I started loving it more and more to the point where now it's, which is remarkable, it's in the top ten. And I, 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 I think this is a great gateway for anybody who's interested in classic Hollywood, the Golden Age of Hollywood. If you want to start getting into that era of filmmaking, or you're interested at all, this is a perfect. Maybe with Casablanca would be another example, but this is almost a perfectly realized, um, like first must see and essential. For that style of filmmaking, especially for the movie musical, like I think if you're not somebody who's, who's naturally akin to musicals, this is one you'd probably want to throw
3: in.
4: I was just thinking, I could be wrong, but I feel like this movie probably inspired John Waters, just in life.
3: <laughs> I just like <laughs> that. I saw John Waters once on a plane from Columbus. <laughs> to Chicago,
4: <about> <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about hairspray, yeah. and, and I don't know. I just was in my mind. I guess I was kind of like seeing some weird parallels and stuff. No, like, I have a lot of parallels
0: and, between. The Singing in the Rain and White Christmas. Yeah. Because like my mom loved White Christmas. It's okay. another favorite movie of, of my wife. And I'm like, all right, He's got Bing Crosby. Mm-hmm. I have a bass baritone. He, mm-hmm. and I'm like, all right. I yeah. can respect this. I remember watching it when I was younger and I was like, all right, this is an old person movie or whatever. But then like after I kept watching White Christmas, I was like, all right, See, I this was is get... a fairly good movie, right? Yeah. And that's how I was singing the rain. I'm like, all right, I can watch Singing in the Rain. You know, yeah. I'm not against it,
1: but yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it's just a great gateway. I think it, 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 the lack of pretense and the fact that it's a really funny comedy that's held up over the years. kind of like a Lucy episode. It's kind of like of that same era <laughs> in a way, like it, yeah. stylistically. Um, there's just an energy and verve to the movie, and it is just pure... Fun like it. it mm-hmm. There's no hint of pretension. It's not trying to hit you over the head with anything. It's just pure, like cinematic fun is probably mm-hmm. the best way to put it well it even starts off right at the beginning with the, the big red carpet reveal and everything and the, like there's
0: just like the random woman there with a microphone oh, yeah. who's like she's like Twitter today cause she's like look who's coming yes. out of the car yeah, like yeah. And she arrives with this person like everyone needs to know I'm telling everybody and it's like <laughs> and now it's, it's uh, not Donald Connor. Uh, now it's Cosmo and it's just like no one <laughs> applauds yeah. it's like no come on but she was providing commentary. And I'm like, that is what Twitter is today. Is that woman in the beginning? Right. Because she was providing commentary for everyone because they they can't see and they're they're probably
1: broadcasting this out to everyone so they know. And It's just like well,
4: it's probably pa- on the radio. Yeah, would have been on the radio.
1: It's paparazzi tabloid culture. Yeah. Like I'm even watching like when when she Kelly's was Joan Rivers. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes. She, she is. Was. She, she was. was. Uh, even I the thought the meant it was actually Joan
0: Rivers I'm like that wasn't Joan Rivers <laughs> <laughs> maybe it was no like, oh.
1: well the scene when uh, Gene Kelly's mobbed in the beginning too it's like oh this is a yeah. precursor to Beatlemania before Beatlemania yeah. even happened yeah. you know it, it's crazy and he
3: doesn't does he do his own stunt getting on uh, the uh, yeah, the train to, the car yeah. yeah and he jump, jumps on a man and I mean, then jumps, jumps down on, into he jumps down the car he bounces off and gets into the seat All right.
1: Well, the way I end uh, every podcast is to kind of discuss, like, like I think outside of seeing it in the theater, which we actually did last night at the Ohio Theater for the Kappa Summer mm-hmm. Movie Series, which we'll get to in a minute, but I think the best way to watch a film is on Blu-ray, and Singing in Rain does have, like, a deluxe edition that was released about in 2012. It, they actually have a full package, like, a uh, special edition. Like a collector's edition, where they actually have an umbrella inside, which is a like useless wow. tool to have. That's I wouldn't awesome. recommend that for anybody because it's like it's like forty two. Was like, it
2: Gene
4: Kelly's umbrella? It
1: might, no, if it but was, that would have been more done. valuable. But well, the, umbrellas are useful.
3: Is it yeah, a working umbrella? It, it, it was small. <laughs> it's the size of. It wouldn't work for me. Maybe. Size. Yeah. So you say this is your only umbrella. Right. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of nerds walking around. <laughs> it's not it's, it's not a you know. practical
1: tool to have in your disposal. But um it is great. Like the movie looks pristine. It's the best I think this movie has probably ever looked on the small screen. It's it's a pristine picture, great sound and everything. They have an audio commentary with like principals like Donald O'Connor, Debbie Reynolds and, you know, Stanley Donovan and all these people giving side bits on, this, on the movie which is great mm-hmm. there is a special feature which I had a hard time getting into what? where they show modern performers reacting to the singing arena usher in the cast of Glee now Rob Marshall the director of Chicago makes sense uh, Usher actually tries to reenact the Singing in the Rain dance sequence, and I had a hard time getting into that s- section, huh. with all due respect to Usher fans and Glee I mean, fans. he is
4: a good dancer, but that just strikes me as curious why that would be incorporated it, it, 20 yeah. minutes of Gene
1: Kelly
4: yelling at Malcolm I Down. down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> incorporate Usher.
1: Yeah. I just, to paraphrase a lot of his like, with all the performers, because they're all millennials almost, it's like, Gene Kelly's just cool, man. He's just cool. It's just like, yeah. It's just like you're watching these scenes. Like I can't really relate the Gene Kelly I know to how they describe Gene Kelly. There's like a disconnect there. But hey, that if kids are getting into singing in a rain, no matter how they get into it, more power to them. However, whatever vehicle Gene Kelly,
4: one word, I'd probably say like charismatic. mm -hmm. Aside from talented,
1: yeah.
0: I'd probably say thighs, yeah. Yeah,
1: thighs. Strong thighs. We're taking it that way, sorry. I just saying, you said sex
4: earlier, so...
1: Oh, I forgot. Paula Abdul's in the the documentary. I
4: would describe Gene (laughs) Kelly as sex.
1: (laughs) Paula Abdul's in the documentary, and this I had to talk about. Like, apparently she was close to Gene Kelly during during the final years of his life. Like, I guess Kelly was a big admirer of hers.
4: Well, did you know, in her music video, Opposites Attract, she reenacted the dance that he did in Anchors Away with the Mouse? She did Mm -hmm. it with, like, an... Alley Cat but that kind of looked like Chester Cheeto. Yeah.
1: Was it MC Scat Cat? Was that the character? I think it might have been, yeah. yeah. Did he have a I cartoon? He
4: looked like no. Chester Cheeto. Yeah.
1: yeah. Now, I wonder who holds up better, Jerry or MC Scat Cat? <laughs> I don't know. MC <laughs> Which Scat character? Cat was
2: pretty rad. Uh, Jerry
1: yeah. talks
3: in the anchors away though. Yeah. Right? Stewie
1: does it best. Yeah. Yeah. When yeah.
2: like, yes. Brian and Stewie
0: <laughs> and Family Guard going to rent a helicopter on their road to Rhode Island, where they do it, yes. to Morocco. He's yeah. Yeah. Uh, like... They pay for their helicopter ride instead of four hundred dollars. He just how about a song and dance number, and they plug Stewie in instead of Jerry the mouse in that. And I, I whenever I when I made that connection, I'm like oh, that's Gene Kelly, aha,
2: Lord watch this.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's
1: brilliant. Yeah, it's 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 a, it's a great movie, like I said, and and I highly recommend it. you have to see it yeah. if you're into classic films, so, especially
4: yeah. musicals, dance.
1: Yeah. Well, we want to thank Alex for joining us today. A yeah. fantastic Absolutely. guest, uh, Alex. I know you have a quite a few projects coming up so a lot yeah um so uh let's see so we're doing tbd the
0: musical which is a musical it's yes. all improvised is to be determined which is why it's tbd um, we're gonna come back to the Chattel box uh, every other friday starting june 24th so every friday every other friday starting then on probably heading up through the fall we'll be at chattel box the backstage bistro mm-hmm. um uh fake bacon we're still doing stuff we're having our our 10 year anniversary show actually wow on on uh july 30th so we're trying to get a bunch of, of big heavy hitters that were back in the day during the inception of it i mean i've only been at the last you know three or four years
3: mike miller uh,
0: uh they're, they're we're trying to get they're trying, they're trying. <laughs> you us get on that yeah. i don't know them um
4: Mike and Miller, then, if you're listening. Hey, Mike yeah, Miller, Mike if, Miller you, if you,
0: you, please, if you on, listen uh, <laughs> to
4: podcasts. Because I don't know why you'd be listening to us. <laughs> I don't know but. why you would be listening
0: to me. But then we also have, we're trying to promote more long form in the area. So uh, me and my friend Travis, who was in Fishbowl Improv with me, we do a, a long form show the first Tuesday of the month. So it'll be July 5th, will be our next show. That's at the Garden Theater. Is uh, that Pocket
3: uh, lint? That's Pocket lint,
0: yeah. Okay. Um, and then ffn for with mad lab yeah. we're, we're in the midst of our uh our seasonal show i guess because we have you know two shows a year that run multiple weekends and we're doing a ffn's Dem- democracy in action right now so that runs this weekend and next weekend so the 17th and 18th uh will probably be the best chances for you guys to come out and catch it we did a really good show last night we have a show tonight whenever this is published it's, it's come out tonight to, <laughs> to mad because there's always a show tonight no matter yeah. when yeah. tonight yeah. Is. Yeah. <laughs>
3: nice. Always and Mad Lab
4: is in Columbus, Ohio. Yes, yeah,
3: It's Bering, Columbus. If if in Columbus. And there's
0: another Mad Lab. Yeah, go let us there. Go <laughs> there. <laughs> we can sue them for copyright. That's
1: right. Exactly. Get yeah. on them. For a legalities. lot of projects coming out. So. And yeah, and uh, I think the three of us. Like, I am currently directing a show called The Putts, which is a date to be determined. Uh, Scott and Tony are both cast members, along with various others. I'm excited about that, and I perform. Uh, twice a month with a group called See You Thursday at the Wild Goose Creative in Columbus. Mm-hmm. So check us out there. Uh, uh, Scott is doing a one-man show, I'm sure, at the, the Improv Wars this summer. Yeah, Improv
3: Wars is every other Thursday yeah. uh, at the uh, Big Room in CD1025, which is a radio station. They have a bar. Um, so check that out. I don't know if it's every second or...
0: It's 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 every other. It's, it's every
3: other. So just continuously go. Next one's goes. on the sixteenth of June. So it, FFN will be there. So then it's the thirtieth of June. After yeah, that. yeah. yeah. start after that. So FFN will be there. Uh, that's a great way if you just want to get introduced to groups. Yes. You, you get to see a small sample, and then from there you can go and find out where they perform around. It's a good way to introduce yourself to what's going on. Um, and then we have an idiot. We do an idiot box improv show at the that's end. of That's right.
4: Month. We are. Saturday, June 25th at Cafe Kerouac in mm-hmm. Columbus, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Show starts at eight.
3: It's free, I believe. It's right?
4: free of charge. Um,
3: we do ask that you to get coffee. Yeah, get coffee, <laughs>
4: support Cafe Kerouac, have a good time. And uh... um and also if you guys like Cinema Wheeler Tay podcast, feel free to subscribe. Um feel free to follow us on Facebook and Twitter and um, if you're really feeling generous feel free to give us a five yeah, star rating
3: or four stars. Yeah,
4: we'll take anything
3: take five if you're going to go four yeah. just go five go five yeah. go five <laughs> if you I like it you go, right.
4: <laughs> go big or go home
3: you better give us five nothing's worse than the guy who gets four star reviews it's Like it's like the guy that doesn't put people in the hall of fame on the first ballot yeah. you know, it's just like <laughs> I star. just don't get five star reviews. four star reviews you ask for a five <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> exactly <laughs> Well, uh, we want
1: to thank Alex once again for joining us. It was a fantastic time, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Bye.
4: I really can't tell you how sorry I am about taking you for a criminal before, but it was understandable under the circumstances. I knew I'd seen you.
2: Which of my pictures have you seen?
4: I don't remember. I saw one once.
2: You saw one once?
4: Yes, I think you were dueling, and there was a girl, Lena Lamont. No, I don't go to the movies much. If you've seen one, you've seen them all.
2: Oh, thank you.
4: Oh, no offense. Movies are entertaining enough for the masses, but the personalities on the screen just don't impress me. I mean, they don't talk, they don't act, they just make a lot of dumb show.
2: Well, you know. Like that.
3: You mean like what I do?